Today's episode of Gritty Birds is brought to you by Tumbleweed Creative. Doing all things digital since the late 90s, let's get further acquainted, shall we? Find out more how you can make your web presence pop at tumbleweedpdx.com. For the last five years, the Modern Savage have been Anchorage, Alaska's favorite indie band. But, you know, we at the same time, we also say, you know, we really want to do something from here because bands get signed once they move and or become really successful once they move. But, like, you know, wouldn't it be cool if we could get as far as we could um, to, to kind of maintain that Alaskan identity? This year, they're seeking to expand that with their new album, Unwilling Participants. The album was inspired by singer Jenny Toro's own abusive marriage and subsequent divorce. You know, is that something, part of your story you want to share? And at first I wasn't sure, and now I'm, I'm glad that I have. And the deep ties that happen when band is family. We love it, and it's, you know, it's our unconventional but happy life, and our children are at music video shoots and photo shoots and at festivals, and I don't know, we've all helped takes the village. <laughs> so it's our weird, happy village. That's on this week's episode of Gritty Birds. This is Gritty Birds, an X-Ray FM radio show and podcast all about the grit behind successful artists and creatives. 107.1, 91.1 Portland, Oregon, and you can find me on all major podcast networks. And I'm Jenny Ren Stotrup. The Modern Savage are releasing their second album. The Modern Savage are releasing their second album with a national PR campaign, safe from their beloved Alaska home. We sat down and we talked about it and we said, you know, the internet is a wild thing. What what if we tried getting our music out there um, this way first and then go? Because the thing about being in Alaska is you can't really uncover what part of the world is going to enjoy you. It's their first full-length release since 2014's Subtle Advances. It's longer, uh, a longer wait time for a release than we've we've ever had before. Um, so I, f- I feel like we've been hiding it from everyone. And so to finally get to share it this month, um, I'm just, I'm so excited. I can barely contain it. I just want to go yell on the street, I have an album coming out this month. <laughs> but, you know, it's... Exciting. For the record, the Modern Savage continued their partnership with Brooklyn's James Frazzy. Frazzy is behind some big hitting artists, including Beck, Patti Smith, Sharon Van Etten, and Esperanza Spalding. He um, worked with our bassist Ivan's band, The Whipsaws, um, many years ago when they recorded an album at Water Music uh, in New Jersey. And um, he was an engineer at the time. This is quite a long time ago, over 10 years ago, I think. Um, and when it became time for us to record, he was producing and he was, you know, this fast forward, you know, over five years or so. And um, we were really excited to work with him. So we did our first album, Settle Advances with him. And it was a wonderful experience. So we kept bringing him back. And the fact that he was willing to come to us, because that was something that we, we really wanted to make our album in Alaska. Um, we want to cultivate more music and art there and there's a small scene and it's growing and there's a desire for it. But the more we can do from home, um, the better it feels. It's so it was great that he was willing to come and up for the challenge. So 
The band first started forming a little over five years ago. Um, I actually moved back to Anchorage from Portland, and he was in another band and posted that they needed a vocalist. So I responded to Craigslist and hoped I wouldn't die, and we hit it off. And um, the band we were in fizzled out, and we started a new project. Um, And Ivan um, played in another band, um, two other bands in town that we loved and was on board. And um, Matt... I think we found Matt because he was friends with Michael Howard, which I heard you spoke with recently. I did. I um, connected with him. Yeah. And we originally, I think we're going to contact Michael to see if he wanted to play. And he referred us to Matt. And <laughs> so now we have Matt, um, who we love. And David is actually, our drummer has been with us for three years. Um, but he uh, is great. He's our second drummer we've had. Um, and he's the youngest. He's the baby in the band. So when he started playing with us, he was 20. He wasn't trying to sneak him into bars and things. But um, <laughs> now he's, you know, 24. The modern savage is close. They consider themselves to be family. See, they are my longest relationship. <laughs> so, yeah, five years we've been together. We, but we are such a team and, and such a family dynamic. And I've we've been through some of the toughest moments in each other's lives and you know they were there when um you know when I told them I was pregnant and we hadn't released our first full-length album yet and I remember sitting down with Matt I think I told him before I told my husband because it was you know it affects so many things I was like I just have you know and they were all (laughs) very excited and my first show after I had my daughter it was six weeks after I'd had her and she was there um and it was a festival in Alaska and And it was kind of felt like performing again for the first time because it was the longest um, absence I'd had from playing shows in a long time. Um, Because I think I played up until I was like four months pregnant and then stopped. But um, it was, I don't know, we've been through all of those moments together. The unconventional relationship of the band helped Jenny get through her most challenging time yet, leaving her abusive marriage after the birth of her daughter. You know, um, I I think that... (laughs) It was it was a really cathartic experience, but at times was almost uncomfortable. Um, recording some of the songs, especially, you record those songs after you a couple months after you've written them too. So through the process of recording, it feels almost as if relive, reliving the experiences and having to kind of go through that, which I know it was necessary to create the be- the best art that I wanted to and to convey the what I what I wanted. Um, to express from that situation I want others to, to, to feel in that moment. Um, but, you know, it did feel like going through it again and, um, you know, having a, a young daughter, I want, I want her to have, I want her to have strong role models to look up to. I want her to feel empowered and I want her to feel, um, I want her to feel open and I want there to be a dialogue between us always, um, as she grows older. And so, you know, one day if we, we discuss my art or if she, she asked about what it was like to go through that experience, you know, I want to be able to, to speak with her about it. But also, you know, it, it's my responsibility to, to support her relationship with her father, but also for her to understand that my relationship with him is, is separate from hers and independent. And, you know, we'll, we can, we'll, we'll get to a place where we can, um, I feel... She'll understand what the choices I made. Rosemary, 
That was Evil by The Modern Savage. Like most divorces, Jenny's wasn't an easy one. I was married for for um, almost two years, a short marriage, and um, I'm divorced. And through our divorce, it was very difficult. Um, you know, when you have children of um, any age, you know, it's, just, it's especially difficult. But um, it's been a really tumultuous time. Um, and through that, you know, I was working um we're working through it in, in music and kind of opening up uh, and sharing parts of that that I hadn't, um, even with, you know, close family members at the time. It was compounded by abuse. Um, but it wasn't a healthy relationship, um, verbally and emotionally abusive relationship, and um, I needed to leave. And so I left and never looked back. And I'm only participants. The title in that um, kind of seeks to this, like, idea of, the end of, of the domestic life and be feeling like trapped in that limbo that uh, of separation and divorce because it does take a long time to go through that process. Jenny also encountered shame regarding the divorce itself. When you're in your 20s and you're getting divorced, there's a lot of shame um, associated with that, especially being a woman. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a difficult conversation. There's a lot of, unfortunately, that's, that's the world we live in and it's a world we're working to change. But Um, it's not easy being a woman leaving a man in any situation. People um, don't like to hear it, um, especially in a very small community like Alaska. And of being a working mother. I would say one interview um, a couple of years ago, I encountered some um, kind of a chauvinistic attitude, which I had not experienced before. And it was actually from a woman. um, And there's a lot of... A lot of that surrounding, I think, my pregnancy, because um, there was kind of a little bit after I had a, had my daughter, like when I started playing music again, um, kind of like, are you sure? Like you you can be a mom and be in a band? Are you, you know, does this, you want to keep going? Um, and, you know, I had a, a friend um, who has a son who's a couple of months older than me, who's also a musician. His son was born in March. And no one asked him questions like that. No one approached him in that way. And I was like, wow, this is really interesting. Um and I don't always um, sing in a way that is pleasant to listen to. Uh, I like to I like to scream. I like to growl. I like to make some guttural sounds because some of the things that I'm doing, it's not meant. It's I want to do that. It's it's part of the um, emotion that I am I'm trying to convey, and I want you to be a little comfortable. I want it to invoke a primal response, and at um, that not being a pretty sound has been. Um, hard for some people to say. And when you don't talk about the pain in your life, when you're, when you're, um, sometimes people can, especially well, in that interview specifically that I'm, I'm talking about, it was kind of like, oh, what do you have to be, what do you have to be upset about sort of thing? Why do you write angry songs? Why, what's so bad in your life? You have to write angry songs and not knowing that maybe someone is in a really traumatic situation that can be a really horrible thing to hear. Um, that, you know, nobody would, would say that to a male artist. Why, why are you so angry, man? <laughs> you know, like, why, why are you screaming, brother? Like, the, the people are, are just going to let dudes scream, you know, but mm. it's different. Um, especially when you make pop music like we do, alternative pop music, or a little bit grungy music, but, you know, you take risks. Not everybody likes it.
Straight and Narrow by the Modern Savage. Jenny's family ended up in Alaska because of the armed forces. She's Cuban-American and first got her start with music playing flamenco guitar. Well, I, I'm i half Cuban. Okay. Um, yeah, and I, yeah, I play um, classical and flamenco guitar. I've played since I was about eight years old. I, I had a, a really excellent instructor who had actually lived in Spain for um, a portion of her her career and she was phenomenal and um she taught both at the same time and um it really it's really beautiful emotive music at the same time she was getting her early education on grungy pop i would say that um i was really into um the 80s when i was a teenager i listened to like everything from like aha and agent orange to um the smiths and the cure and i actually I remember reading the perks of being a wallflower and, and and in that, you know, sing me to sleep is referenced and there's so much great music in that book. And that really, I think changed the way I listened to music. And that was the first time I listened to Smiths and I feel like it unlocked a lot for me and joy division too, because it's a little bit messy and there's great guitar tone and the story behind it is so sad. And I feel like when you're, when you're young, you know, you really, that the, the tragedy of it really drew me in, even though, um, I don't know. It's, and then I would I would have to say probably some really terrible stuff like Green Day. <laughs> I can remember purchasing. Um, I can't even remember the name of the album now, but it's like the one that has um, I think Brain Stew and uh-huh. yeah, that I, was a I big think, one for me. Yeah, um, I think I might have even yeah I think uh-huh. I might have even stole it, which is really terrible, <laughs> but such a degenerate. Um, but yeah, I, I think that was probably the first CD I actually obtained on my own that wasn't um, like a tape that I made or something I downloaded off LimeWire. Oh, I'm, I'm LimeWire. Mm-hmm. Please tell me, remember? Like, yeah, of course. So yeah, I found a lot of music that way. <laughs> She brought some of this to the table for unwilling participants. Yeah, I love guitar. Um, I played. There's a. I played a kind of a more classical finger picking style on one track of the album, and it was a really wonderful experience. And I got to play a beautiful little 31 Martin Parlor guitar, which um, it was the owner of the studios, Martin, and also a dear friend. And 
I was like, man, I really love this guitar. And he's like, yeah, you, you can't ever buy this from me or have it. <laughs> it's too wonderful. So I got a Larrabee Parlor guitar instead, which I also love at home. But um, it was really nice to play that 31 Martin. The rest of the band also has strong chops, which has aided their ability to stay versatile while writing and playing music. Our writing style in this band, I feel, is, is unique to any other project I've been a part of. Um, we really do jam together. One person will start playing something and then it will build upon itself, but no one really comes in with a whole set song or whole set idea. It's very collaborative, um, which I think makes it really special. And um, it, not one person is, is doing um, everything and it's, it's a really amazing thing. And we're, a lot of us are multi-instrumentalists too, which is helpful because we're able to communicate our, our ideas that we think, oh, this is sound great on guitar or bass and things like that. And, or someone else can hop on keys for a moment and, and do that, or we can switch it around. And being able to do that has been just um, a wonderful thing. And I don't know, it's, we're, we're growing and we're maturing and a while back, the band got some advice. Um, someone gave us this advice, and I'm going to give it to others, is record everything. Even if you think it sucks, even if it's in the moment, even if you think you'll never listen to it again, just record everything you do, because you never know um, if, if one day you'll revisit it, and it'll really inspire you. And I think just to keep, keep, um, keep playing. And since their last album, they've taken this advice to heart, using something called a jam hub. Um, a, a jam hub is a device where we are all able to play through, um, um, have mic'd amps and mic the drums and run everything through an interface and adjust our own mixes. So we um, have individual headphone mixes, almost like as if you had um, monitors, if you're playing with like in-ear monitors, but um, it's for when we practice and then we also can record it into our um and run it into a laptop so we're able to record as we play, um, which has really changed the way we play. And I'm sure our neighbors are eternally grateful for this device as well. <laughs> so, um, And the only thing that you can hear live in the room is the drums. Um, oh, and besides very, very low amps. But um, And so it really changed the way we approach this album, I feel, because we were able to, I think, take a lot of the, the work out of the studio that we do um, because we were able to listen back so much and make make new demos all the time. I mean, not high quality ones, but enough for us to be able to critique and revise as we wanted to.
That was Dead Presidents by The Modern Savage. If you're just tuning in, we're having a conversation with Jenny Toro of The Modern Savage. Their album is coming out later this month. Jenny's Cuban-American roots have been on her mind a lot lately. And it's hard to tell. I'm, <laughs> you would not know by looking at me, but um, it's an important part of my identity, um, you know, and and I don't know. It's an important year to think about that, too. Not, I mean, I was like, I'm not going to bring up Trump. I'm not going to bring up the state of our world. But it's so it's so hard not to when you start talking about um, things like, you know, not being from the United States. Being from a red state when like you're Alaska, young, you know, you really, the band has found ways the, to negotiate the, the tragedy with a different really perspective that in, many of the people you know, in their communities um, hold. I don't, I've been spending a lot of time in New York in the past year and um, – and coming back and forth between the two places, um, between a red and, you know, a blue state has been really um, interesting. Just seeing how things are portrayed in, in the media and um, it's, you know, it's we've come so far and we still have so much farther to go. And I think that's why it's it's really important for women to use this time to to really exercise their voice and um know that that's not complaining, you know, because I feel like there's been this really negative slant on, oh, people are just whining and need to let it go, but we shouldn't let it go. Um, we should say that, you know, this isn't acceptable, that there is someone in a position of power that has openly assaulted um, women and that this is the narrative of our country. This is the narrative to to young men and to women that, that it's acceptable behavior for people to be in, in the ultimate position of power and to, to carry out these acts. Um, and I... In our shows, like um, you know, we've um, we played a show the, the weekend after Election Day, and um, we painted our bodies with the equality sign and um, different things, and, and and it was people you could tell people were really were really mourning, um, and they were really releasing, and there was this different energy on that day, um, especially when you are the minority political affiliation in, in a state where you don't agree necessarily with the policies, but, um, I think people are still, I don't know, we're, we're healing right now. But Jenny remains firm. We have to keep empowering ourselves and sharing our stories. In your heart, there's still that little voice. It's like, oh, am, you know, is it, did I do the right thing? Um, you know, what did they think of me? Do they think I'm fragile now? Do they think that I'm, you know, make poor choices? And, but, you know, getting out of that thought pattern, you know, through reaching out, like you said, to seeing that you are one of you're one of many and that it's that is also sad, but it's also empowering. And that's why you're using your voice. It's it's, it's brave and it's the beginning of a conversation that so many people need to have. And sometimes people that haven't experienced that, I feel their perspective is really shifted when someone they find out someone close to them has been through abuse mm -hmm. it, it's you know um especially you know with like family members or things like that and um it's it's hard but you know it's i guess the right thing is rarely the easy thing unfortunately and they've been given the platform with their dynamic live show to share their music with some incredible people we try to do some fun things with our live performance to surprise people and i don't know we love performing live we are truly a live band um we feed off of the energy of those around us, and we just um, we just love it. <laughs> We're really happy, and you know we've gotten to do a lot of cool things. Like we've opened for some great bands. Um, 
we got open for Jane's Addiction, and that was really amazing to get a play with, you know, someone so iconic. And um, I just, some of the best moments of my life have been some of the shows we've gotten to do, like opening for Silver Sun Pickups. Um, I remember we got the call we were going to play that show, and I, I think I may have actually shed a tear, but I will not confirm. <laughs> but, but I was so excited. And um, I don't know, it's, it's been incredible to get to have those opportunities like we've had and have not left our state, but to still get to support some bands. Um, that we really admire has been wonderful. And they're finally going to take the band out of Alaska for the first time this summer, but not before releasing their album to their loyal local fans. Um, we're going to release it in Anchorage um, at a, on, in February with um, another band, the Super Saturated Sugar Strings. They're phenomenal. We're going to play at Bear's Tooth um, the first week of fe- February. Um, I just can't wait. I can't wait for everyone to hear it. Uh, I can't wait to share it in the summer to play outside of Anchorage and to experience, you know, all all those wonderful things and connect with more bands out of state. It's not it's not easy if you want to take all of your own stuff, especially when you're a five piece like us. But that's the next goal, though. <laughs> we're we're just we're determining where we really want to, and um, we think Portland and Seattle would be a great place to start. You can follow The Modern Savage on social media at The Modern Savage Music. Unwilling Participants is currently up for presale and will be out at the end of January. This week's episode featured music from the album Straight and Narrow, Evil, and Dead Presidents. A free download and transcript of today's episode will be up exclusively for Patreon supporters. If you're interested in becoming a patron of the show, it's for as little as a dollar a month. You can download every episode there starting today with minimal edits. www.patreon.com slash grittybirds. We just got word today that our short has been accepted as an official selection for the Radio's Yours contest. Winners are announced this weekend at an incredible show featuring Fred and Tootie and former Gritty Birds guest Maggie Morris of Genders. Tickets are still available for X-Ray's biggest night of the year. Also, mark your calendars for January 29th. Gritty Birds is celebrating its 50th episode with our first live recording at Kelly's Olympian. Featuring a super secret headliner and mini blinds, a portion of proceeds will be going to support Transitions projects. The event is sponsored by Revolver Studios and Vortex Music Magazine. Thanks for tuning into Gritty Birds, an X-Ray FM radio show and podcast. You can follow me on socials at G-R-I-T-T-Y-B-I-R-D-S. Gritty Birds is produced by myself, Jenny Ren Stotrup, with the amazing support of X-Ray FM. This week's board operator is Dan and Drips. The episode was transcribed by Chris Martell. See you again next week with Larry Crane. <laughs>